This is Living Proof Radio, May 2024. All of our full episodes are available on our Patreon with weekly drops, a Patreon-only radio show, and Living Proof magazine delivered to your house every issue, as well as our entire members-only library backlog. Patreon.com slash York. Today on the show, we got our first guest, someone whose graffiti I've been into since, yo, forever, since I started writing graffiti. Uh, he's had a really wild life, to say the least. He's been to prison. He got tattooed in prison. You know, his ink that he got tattooed with wasn't ink. It was burnt hair grease and mouthwash. The rest can speak for itself. Today, I'm really proud to announce the champion, Charlie the motherfucking hustler, BGM. Yeah. What up? Let's get it. <laughs> Look, man, I'm going to speak for me, right? I can't speak for nobody else. I have over 100 arrests, right? I have a bad criminal history. I can't afford to go out there and do that and take that charge no more. I can't do it, you know? And, and like, don't get me wrong, you still see I do shit, but... It's, it's not the way I, I my, my life is dedicated, graffiti is my love, that's all I care about, but at the same time, let the new generation have it. I, I've been putting in that work, I'm still putting in that work, I'm just taking it to a different level, right? You see I do the train maps, I'm trying to draw people, that, that's what I'm doing now, and um, you know, it's funny, sometimes I had a comment, somebody, somebody inboxed me and said like, if you were still up, you would get dissed, right? I ne- no one ever really crosses me out, ever. In my whole history of writing, nobody went over me. So what does that tell you right there? You know what I'm saying? And um, I haven't been in New York for 20 years. Mm-hmm. I moved to Arizona when I was 20, and I bombed Arizona. I lived in Florida recently. I destroyed Florida. You know, like everything's a buff. Like what you know, like, like I, I give it what I can, man. Right? I'm a grown man. I'm an adult. I have a girl with a kid, a dog. I, I what am I supposed to do, man? Keep going to jail. Yeah, you got to keep adjust. losing my girlfriends, lose another pet. So you've you've sacrificed a lot for graffiti. My whole life yeah. has been sacrificed to graffiti. Mm-hmm. I used to go to jail on purpose, on purpose, basically, because I wanted kids to think, right, that I was, like, crazy. Because with graffiti comes stories, right? You hear these stories about this dude, oh, this dude did that, and it gets out of hand in these stories. That's a part of graffiti. So I wanted people, right, to think that I was crazy. <laughs> and um, unfortunately, by... <laughs> I became a little crazy because I put myself through crazy shit. But um, underneath all that, that's not who I am as a person, man. I'm a very loving, caring dude. I'm super sensitive, man. Um, I love everybody. Uh, I I even try to have compassion for police. Don't get it twisted. I'm not, you know, fuck them. You know what I'm saying? A cab. But, I mean, I try to look at everybody like people. And I try to put myself in everybody's shoes and to see where they're coming from. 
You know what I mean? Um, I know what side I'm on. I know what team I'm on. And, and I'm like a Viking. I'm willing to die for a cause. Back in the day, everybody did that shit. I'm, I'm like one of those old souls. Like, I'm, I'm down to go, man. You fucking kill me. Whatever. This is, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't switch up. I'm Charlie the Hustler. To my mother, in the precinct, at my job. I'm Charlie, man. I, I don't hide that. I am Charlie. I am a graffiti writer. That's who I am. Mm-hmm. Like it or you don't like it, it's okay. You know, that doesn't matter. My love is, is for graffiti. And it's not, it's not such a bad thing, man, when you think about it. When the kids in my neighborhood were walking around hitting people with hammers and axes. And I was fucking doing a fill-in in a train station that was destroyed. That was a way better option for me, man. Yeah, of course. And, and, it's a, and it's like a fellowship and camaraderie. And the people, people that write graffiti are regular people. Not everybody is is like all fucked up. It's a beautiful thing to be a part of. I'm very happy to be a part of it. And uh, I'm happy to lead the way for the new dudes, man. And and like, you know, pass it down and try to, um, you know, you know, not everybody comes with integrity, man. So this is something that I try to, you know, teach people the rules and like what having integrity is about. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where do you, you're talking about the Viking mentality, you're ready to go. And where do you think that came from? What made you, what molded you to think like that? Because not everyone does, you know? Could you, could you imagine you're a graffiti writer, right? Your mother, your father, everyone, they're still like, you're 41, you're still doing graffiti, right? So it comes from a place of like, like owning it and protecting it. And having to protect it so much that you actually become like, you know, like I'm super into this shit, man. And, um, uh, you know, I'm protecting it. And, and you're like, you know, if everybody stopped, if I wasn't here, a lot of other people that are around, you know, weren't here, what would graffiti be, man? It wouldn't hold as much value. You know what I mean? It's my job, Right? As a graffiti writer, graffiti is about longevity, man. You could come out and you could do 20 million fucking fill-ins in two years, destroy everything, go all city, mm-hmm. and you stop, and it's over. No one remembers you. You're gone. Out of sight, out of mind. And a lot of people do that. They get caught once. They change their name. They do that. Like, I'm not doing that, bro. I'm fucking CH, man. And that's it. I'm, I'm here to stay. I'm here to go for mines. You go over my shit. It's like you smack me in the face. I'm taking your head off, man. Straight, straight up. And th- that's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. You get it smacked in the face with a fucking axe. Whatever. Don't go. Don't disrespect me, man. And that's just reading your interviews and just hearing stories about you and stuff. That's not just in graffiti, but also how you carry yourself outside of graph. If someone disrespects you. You're ready to do what you got to do, take the loss, take the win, whatever you got to do. I'm a nice guy, right? Yeah. And I'm very, very thoughtful, and I have manners, right? I grew up with manners. I grew up in an Italian family. You hold the door for somebody, you know, that, that's like, 
you know, you do that. You look out for the older people. You look out for the younger kids. What do you think's going to happen? What, so what happens is, right, I live in an area now where white privilege is like a thing, right? What do people expect you to do? If you say, ah, fuck you, what do you think's going to happen? You probably think nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm punching you in your face. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, everybody knows me. You know, I'm sure a lot of people are going to see this. I don't care how big you are. I got stabbed 17 times, man. I'm crippled in my left hand. I fought a kid with a knife, man. Right? On my birthday, I was with Nems, FYL. Shout out to Fuck Your Life, right? I was in this hallway. Someone pulled a desert eagle on me. A desert eagle. They pulled a desert eagle on me, put it to me, and said, run your pockets. I said, yo, my man, you're going to have to go in them. I'm not handing you nothing. You think I'm going to hand you my shit? He went to the next person, man. I'm not, and listen, don't get me wrong. I I was at a time in my life, right, where when you're in this shit so deep, I don't see, no, my, my, my glory of my legacy will be like, Back then, like, oh, CH fell off the train tracks. He got hit by a train. He got, that. that's like my outcome, right? So, I mean, I, I'm on earth, right? I'm not going to bend. I'm not going to break. I'm not going to fold. I'm at an age now where I avoid trouble. I don't, I come out like a normal person. I come out in the afternoon time, 12 in the afternoon, whatever it is, whatever I'm doing. I do it in the daytime. I'm home at 9 o'clock. You know, I don't go looking for trouble, and I will try to avoid trouble. I, I'm at a point, right, over the last couple of years where, like, a lot of hood motherfuckers love to talk to me. They see me, they're like, oh, your tattoos, let me, you know, so I can see them coming through the train, wobbling with their henny. I know they're going to come talk to me. I move. I go to the next car. If they keep coming, I get off the train. Like I said, I try to avoid all trouble. I don't, I don't want no problems. I don't want to give nobody no problems. I love everybody. When, I, when I'm sometimes, when something pops off, I think about that person's mother. Mm-hmm. I think about their mom. I, I don't, I don't, I, I think of those things. I'm like, what about this kid's mom if I fucking cut his head off right now? Is it worth it? And it's not. Because I've been in so many situations. Violence is never the answer, man. I've been in so many situations. I remember one time, right, that I kept feeding this house money, right? Feeding this house money. Months later, I went through like a period where I couldn't have money for three days, and nobody broke me off. They didn't give me a crumb of shit, beer, nothing. So I was like, all right, motherfucker. They were going out for the day. I went to the store. I got two 40s of Old English. I blasted Mob Deep. I had a butcher knife. I was like, when these people come in the crib, I'm butchering them. They came home. God must have knew they had something for me. But weeks later, I was riding the train 
right? It was like three months later. I remember being on the train. I'm like, yo, imagine I would have been like on death row right now for these fucking idiots. And I would have threw my whole life away. And it was like a big, that was like an epiphany for me. I was like, wow. You know, so now I look at people like it's not worth it. Of course. It's not, it's not worth it. I don't want to, um, it's never worth taking somebody's life or nothing like that. Um, For a moment of emotion. Yeah, I mean, you're throwing your own life away. Who are you hurting? You're hurting your own family. You're hurting the people that love you. You know, you're, you're, it's just never the answer, man. Things, you know, could be so hashed out. These, event, these events you talk about and these stories that you've been through, you know, a lot of people, they, they only hear these things in movies or on the news or on the radio, you know, so they don't understand. What, what would you say made you experience these things and come out of it with a clear conscience, a positive outlook on life? Uh, like not a lot of people get out of that with that, you know what I mean? So, yeah, so you know the deal, you know how I grew up yeah. with, the, with these kids, right? And um, w- with that lifestyle, like, I, I don't want this to, s- to sound the wrong way, but if I would have became like a gangster... Right, because I'm from Bensonhurst. I could have been a fucking gangster, right? I am in my own way, but not not in the Italian way, right? This is. I grew up in Bensonhurst. Everybody was listening to Metallica and fucking freestyle music. I was listening to Run DMC, the Beastie Boys. I was watching Beat Street. I was always on my own wave. You know what I mean? But um, I get lost. What's the, what's the question again? So what? No, how did you come out of those events with a you know positive outlook on life? You know. All right. So I grew up. Right, my father was was a heavy drinker. Right, we say that he was a. Uh, I was very afraid of him. I was very afraid of my father. Right, so when you grow up and feel like that, right, you learn how to like instill it in others. Right, so my father would tell me stories. My neighborhood was a story. It's on. Yeah. Goodfellas on everything all the time, right? On TV constantly. Um, when I was 14 years old, I started drinking. And um, most people drink, right? So I drank a 40 a crazy horse. I passed out in the park, Village Greens Park in Staten Island. I had to be scraped off the floor and brought home, right? A normal person, they'd be like, damn, I ain't doing that again, right? Mm. I did it the next day. I was like, yo, I got to get this right. So I cracked that drinking like a man every day after that, right? So with that came consequences, right? Mm. And I'm thankful for those consequences today because at 14 years old, I drank. There was an older kid in my neighborhood. I'll never understand this, but... He gave me, it was like, I was 14 years old. I drank, who knows how many 40s that day. I drank all day. And he gave me a handful of volumes. I didn't know what they were. Little blue things. I ate them all. It might have been 8, 12, you know what I mean? I started walking up the block. And I started getting disoriented. I started checking car doors. I found a car with the keys in it. And I took the car and I got into a little bit of a chase with the cops and I went to jail, and I went to Spofford. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents had me on a pin petition, which meant like I was out of control. So I got taken away. I went to group homes called NSD, non-secure detention. Um, it was real wild. It's here in Queens. I remember uh, 
When I walked into the classroom, kids were throwing desks out the window in piles. Yeah. A kid had his jaw wired. I'd never seen that before. And these are 16-year-olds. These are big kids, man. I'm a little guy. I'm five foot three, man. You know what I mean? So um, after I went through, through those the group, homes and sh- group homes and shit, I went to a place. I was mandated this place called Daytop, right? It was a TC, which is a therapeutic community. And um, this, I could go on and on about that, about what a therapeutic community is, but basically what they do is break you down. They break, smash you into pieces, your spirit, right? So I go to this place. I wind up staying for a long term, whatever it is, a year, right? I come home, and I was brainwashed. This is very young. This is like I come home at 16, right? I know to stay away from people, places, and things. I knew not to hang out with the wrong crowd. I learned that there. So I got out, and I tried to not do that. So three weeks passed, and eventually I hung out with my homeboys. And they said, come on, drink a 22 Heineken, drink a 22 Heineken. I drank a 22 Heineken, and I wanted another one. And I drank another one. And then I wanted another one. And I drank another one. But I really didn't want, I was drinking against my will. That's what, what like an alcoholic is. I'm never satisfied, man. You give me a beer now, I want a thousand. Tomorrow I want a thousand. That's all I want. I become obsessed, right? So since I have that problem of addiction, I was forced into situations, therapeutic situations. So I started to be in therapy a lot. And I started, I met people that I trusted and I started to talk to people. And then I realized when you look at these things, right? And look, I, I didn't come from a bad family. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to say that, but, uh, you know, I was probably abused as a child, <laughs> right? I was hit a lot. I, I got the shit beat out of me. I got cursed at. If I did something, people spit in my face, right? And, to, you know, that's like... Brooklyn, you get a smack if you're fucking bad. You know, like, I mean, nowadays, that stuff, you would be in jail. Yeah. So I grew up getting smacked around and shit like that. So um, I was always running away from home, and I would wind up being put into an institution to where people would try to help me figure out where this anger, rage, and all that comes from. And... um Something I learned was that, like, I was the scapegoat, right? So I, that was my role of the family. I was a scapegoat. My, my, my father went to hit my mother. Hey, I did something bad. So he would focus on me. You know what I mean? So that even plays into graffiti. So now I'm like, I'm so used to saying, hey, look at me. Now I'm writing graffiti. Hey, look at me. Look at all the tattoos. Hey, look at me. It's all loud. All the polo. Bright green, fucking, hey, look at me. Everything is like, you know, and that comes from, from childhood trauma, man. And, and, you know. But I wasn't always like, you know, a sav. I wasn't born um, a tough, like it's, some people are born naturally like tough. I wasn't. I wasn't born that way. I made, I made myself that way. Out of fear. Constantly living in fear. 
I realized once the first time I got my ass kicked, right? So there was a kid in my neighborhood, and we fought. And I got my ass beat. I had a black eye. I woke up in the morning, I took the blankets off me, and my knees were stuck to it from the blood. And I said, you know what I said? This ain't too bad. So you're meaning to tell me I could pop off, get my ass beat, acquire the respect, and this is all I got to deal with? I started fighting every day, man, after that. It wasn't, this ain't nothing. Black eye, blood, it's it's nothing. I became a fighter. When did that, when did that, when did the fight stop, start decreasing? Because of course, you know, nowadays you're not fighting every day and what made you want to stop doing that? Was there ever, was there a point where you have to shift? Well, what happened is, uh, all right, so at 34 years old, right? So I I lived this way till, till I was 34. At 34 years old, I literally... I'm going to be honest with you, man. Before 34 years old, my goal was like run the streets, catch a body, right? I, I was part of a gang, all this shit. Like my goal was to like body people and like be a gangster, right? But I was so miserable inside, man. I, that's, you know, I didn't even know that's, a, that's what I thought I had to do. I thought I had to do that, right? And one day I wake up. Just like that, man. I go, what the fuck am I doing, man? I don't got to be miserable. I don't have to be miserable. I don't have to be sad. I don't have to be hurting. I don't have to be crying. I'm in control of my life, man. I don't have to go to jail. I don't have to die. I have choices. And I started making healthy choices. And I changed my life, right? And I got, I got, I went into recovery, um, I started helping other people, and I used to think everybody was shit, like people were shit, and, and that, has not, that, that has not been the case for me, man. I've had a lot of love over the years. Let me tell you something. You see the way I look, right? I look like a fucking maniac. I know I do, right? But, but like, you know, I'm thinking everybody's shit. I get stuck in a snowstorm. A person comes out the house. They're like, hey, you want to come stay, stay the night? I'm like, nah, man. They're like, yo, you're going to freeze to death. You come in. I'm like, yo, look at me, bro. They're like, I don't care. Come in. I'm like, nah. I drove my car a little more. I got stuck again. Some other dude pulls up. He's like, yo, man, you're going to freeze to death. Please come to the house. Long story. I'm like, look at me. Because I feel like, like how do people perceive me? I have a teardrop. I, you know, I, I know that. I know this from experience. If I go to rent a room somewhere. Say I call and I'm like, hey, yeah. my name's Charlie. Yeah. I sound normal, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. If I show up to your door, you open the door, you're like, uh, 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 uh. Mm-hmm. like you don't, uh, it's an appearance that I give off, right? Yeah. So I'm thinking, you know, everybody's shit, people are shit. My car breaks down. Two people try to take me in the house. I go into the person's house, right? I get a good night's sleep. I, I drive my car a little more. I get up, drive my car. I go to a restaurant. People hear me talking to my mother, right? They paid for my fucking meal. 80 years old, 80-something. I went to pay. They were like, no, they paid for you. I was like, what? I drive a little more. My car breaks down on the highway. I'm like, what do I do, man? I try to hitchhike. I stuck my thumb out, right? I'm like, no one's going to pick me up. I had all construction clothes on. And, I, you know, I'm heavily tattooed. I'm like, no one's going to pick me up. I put my thumb down. 
A Spanish couple pulled up on the side of me. They're like, where are you going? I was like, yo, I'm going here. They were like, okay, we could take you close. I get in the car. We're driving. The lady looks at me. She goes, today it's you. Tomorrow it's me. I started crying, bro. I was trying to hold my tears back. But there's so many good people in the world, man. You know. There's a lot of good people out there, bro. Not, not everybody's fucked up and foul. Not everybody wants to see you do bad. I have, yo, mad people are rooting for me, man. And I have a fucking fucked up track record, you know? But people, like, they see it in me. Like, yo, Charlie, you're going to get it, bro. You're going to get it. And I'm not going to say I have it this time, but I know what I got to do to keep it. And hopefully I make the right choice to keep doing that because it takes work. And what happens is I get lazy, right? And then you have... People, right? So I go out, I write graffiti, what happens? Yo, CH, I seen you do that. Yo, come through. Come through to my art show. Come. And then I start saying, ah, let me go to the art show. Everybody's smoking weed and drinking. I say, ah, you know, I can hit the blunt. I could drink a beer. And they go home to their mother's fucking futon, and I wind up in Rikers Island. Again. I'm not the type that, that could do that shit, man. You live and you learn. Thank God I'm alive, and, and, and somebody's fucking looking out for me, man. And before I talk anymore, I want to shout out all the dead motherfuckers, right? I always, I always do that, man. DG, right? I love DG very much, man. Shaw Money. You know what I'm saying? Kid Noor just died. Same. Fucking um, Zexa. You know what I'm saying? Kez5 was the fucking GOAT. Kez5 was super fucking ill. He's gone, bro. He's gone. I looked up to Kez5 so much. Yo, that dude was so fresh. I don't care what people say about him. That motherfucker was hysterical. I loved hearing him talk. If You know, voice messages, I used to save them. I would listen to them. He, had, he sent me a video of him making me something. The shit that he said was hysterical, man. Um, you know, so poke. You know, there's so many, and then the kids of Florida I know that just die from a dick, Cody Parker, you know what I mean? There's so many, man. I just, there's so many people that died in the year 2020, 2019 alone that I'm very grateful to be here, and, and, and I love them dudes, man. And um, even the old school, Sane is my favorite writer, Sane 182. He, he's, he's a big influence in my life, so, you know, rest in peace, man. Before we had this talk, I was lurking on your Instagram just seeing some stuff you wrote out, and you just reminded me of something, so I'm going to read it. It's a caption you wrote out, and you, and you wrote, You're blessed if you're above ground. You can take full control of your life and become what you want. Don't let people tell you different. Of course, they're going to tell you that you can't do it. They wasted their life. Don't waste yours. Better late than never. Alcohol and drugs keep you from reaching your full potential. When I was fucked up, friends wouldn't send me $20. When I was starving and broken, my moms threw me to the curb and cursed me. Help the next man. Show love to each other. <clears throat> Take control of your mind, your body, and your soul. It goes hand-in-hand -hand with what you're saying. I can see that you've had a lot of friends die. And, you know, not everybody has. And you understand how thin the line is from being alive and being dead. And this, you know, just even this caption that you wrote out. If you're, you said it, you said it yourself. If you're above ground, you're blessed. So, I mean, what people fail fail to realize, right, is that 
you know, thank God I, I march to the beat of my own drum because I don't let people tell me, right, that I can't do something, right? You can't write graffiti your whole life. You'll never make money from it. Well, guess what? I make a little money from it, man. I could, I could pay rent on a crib from what I do. Am I living a lavish lifestyle? No, but I'm doing what I love, man. My, my, my mother told me to be a fucking garbage man. That was her dream job for me. Apply for the city jobs. Be a bus driver. Be a garbage man. Be a fucking garbage man. Like, nah, man. I'm not. I'm not being a garbage man. I'm doing what, what my calling is, right? He's a butcher, baker, plumber, graffiti writer. That's it. I'm sticking to the strip, man. I, I, I don't, I don't fucking, I'm not out there to vandalize, hurt people, damage people's property. Everything I've done and got arrested for, I wrote on store gates that were destroyed. Yeah. And I did fill-ins on them. I don't write on clean vans. I don't fucking de- destroy, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not like a fucking, I'm not, I'm not dumb. I'm not trying to ruin someone's crib or nothing like that. I mean, like, Give me a fucking break, man. I don't know. It's the only thing, you know, that that I can't help. It's just like some people, they can't help what they do. They're into bodybuilding. They're into cars. They, this is what I'm into. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not that bad. Yeah. It's something I love and I'm passionate about. Leave me the fuck alone, man. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was reading um, another thing I wanted to touch on was some story you told in a different interview for, I think it was one of your homies. You were talking about, and I think this was not graffiti related, you ended up getting into a fight with some gang member. You stabbed him. He stabbed you. You went to the hospital. So, so this, he is this, this is what happened. This is what happened. Man. Yeah. This is where graffiti has, has fucked, fucked up every aspect of my life, right? Because I stopped writing from like 2002 to 2010. At 2010, Gusto, GSB, shout out to Gusto, GSB, 3A, you know what I'm saying? And Louie moved in with me. In New York? They moved in with me in New York. I started writing again, right? My girl told me that day, don't go outside. It was four in the morning. I was still up drinking. I was eating Adderall. I couldn't sleep. I said, let me go outside and do some outlines, right? So it's in Flatbush, right? I live in a Crip neighborhood, right? So Cortelyu train station splits it. Crip blood. So my side, that, that's Pop Smoke. G-Stone Crip. You know what I'm saying? And um, that's my side. And those are the kids that, that I was with. And, and um, I was like, they're G2. They looked up to me. They knew who I was. So they were a lot younger than me. But I let them come to my crib and, like, you know, do that thing and shit like that. So I go out to Rikafiti, right? So I bring a can of black with me and a can of white. I, I do an outline. A cab sees me. Right, you know, cops being the yellow cabs. Yeah. A cops, a cab sees me and backs up. So I think it's a, a cop. So like, I stop, I look, and I see it's like an Arab dude. So I'm like, fuck this. So I put the can down. I said, let me go to the store and get a forty. Right. So I'm walking to go get a forty, and some white kid gets off the train with a bag of beers. Right. 
He had like 18 beers in a bag. Little Irish kid. He looked cool. So I was like, yo, what's up? And he was like, yo, what's good? I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm going to get some weed. I'm like, yo, what's up? You want to roll? And then we go back to my crib with smoke, chill, drink them beers. The kid's like, yeah. So I walk over to this deli. Now, I cross the train station. It's all blood. I cross the, whatever. I, I didn't really, you know, give it much thought. But I guess people see me around and knew who I was. And like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I walk into the deli. And there's this big blood dude with his hair off dusty as fuck. Uh, there was a there was an empty like gallon of Hennessy. He had like a sip left, and um the kid brings me in, and the dude's like, "Yo, do you know him?" Talking about me, and the kid looks at him and goes, "Nah." So I'm like, <laughs> "This is for a dime of weed, right?" Yeah. So I'm like, Ugh, "All right." So the kid is like, "I'm not serving you to me." I'm like, "Yo, bro, I live right there." Look at my eyebrows. It says Crooklyn, New York. I'm bringing your boy back to my crib. Smoke. It's, it's, it's a dime of weed, man. It'd chill out. And he must have said something like, go fuck your mother. Something like that. Because when that, I seen, well, like white, right? This dude was a big dude, man. I grabbed the dude. I say, yo, now we got to go outside and fight, man. I start pulling the dude out the store. Yeah. He goes, yo, I'm going to go get my gun. I said, good, because now you're going to shoot me. Let's go get your gun. I walked the kid to his building to get his gun. So I waited across the street. I had like a four-finger knife on me, right? He comes out of the building like he had a gun. So he starts walking across the street. He gets like, he starts to get to the car on the other side. I said, here we go, motherfucker. I ran up on him. I grabbed him. Boom, 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 boom. I start stabbing him, right? I stabbed him 14 times. So I guess like the 14th time I stabbed him, he was like, oh shit, you're stabbing me. He thought I was like just hitting him. So he goes, oh shit, you're stabbing me. And I stopped because I was like, now nah, you know, motherfucker. And I looked at the white boy and I was like, this is because of you. Boom. And I stabbed him, right? When I stabbed the white boy, that kid that I stabbed those times was fighting for his life, right? So I, I turned a blind eye to him. He hit me. He broke my eye bone. He shattered my eye bone. I dropped the knife. We all went down. I see it in slow motion. We all went down. The white boy got the knife. I'm like, yo, give me the fucking knife. He goes, you stabbed me, bro. And he gave it to the black kid, right? I should have been like, boom. Yeah. What the fuck you think I did? Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. I thought, like Bruce Lee, like I'm going to get the knife back. And the kid stabbed me 17 times. I got stabbed in both my hands, my heart, my temple twice. My eye was out of my head. And it was the coldest day of the year. And that's why my blood didn't just spill out. And I got, you know, blood transfusions. They brought me back to life. And uh, that's how I became affiliated with, with GSB. That's I mean, how? I mean with GSC. Okay. Because the kid was a blood. 
So when they heard that I did that, they were like, yo. They already knew I was official. But when, when you know, that type of shit happened, they, oh, because the kid, you know what's funny? As soon as we parted ways, what do you think that kid did? He walked to the payphone and called the cops on me. He pressed charges on me. I try to walk home, holding my eye out of my head. I seen a bakery. I went inside the bakery. They were baking bread. They were like, not here. And I was like, boom, and I passed out. I woke up, and I was chained to my bed. Everybody knew that kid snitched on me. He's You know, not nothing to do with me, but, you know, people in the neighborhood, they, fucking years later, he's done. But that, that's how I got affiliated with, with that crip shit. Yeah. So, and that's, Bo- that's Pop Smoke, Bobby Schmurter, it's the same set, man. Mm-hmm. And the time that you went to prison and you got these, these tattoos that you said you got in prison and yeah. they're all with the ink, I was, that was tatted from that like time? this? No, no, no. I didn't, go, I didn't go to prison for that one. I went to prison in Arizona, man, mm-hmm. in the Mojave Desert where the movie Tombstone is filled. Cochise County. I went to Mojave Prison. That's Mexican Mafia, white power, and the blacks. That's, that's like, this shit was militant, bro. Sheriff Joe Pyle, pink socks, pink underwears, fucking um, stripes. Before you went to sleep, you lock in. They played Johnny Cash, Walk the Line, and the National Anthem. They had a dog crematory on the property that stunk, stunk like burnt dogs. They feed you loaf. All leftovers pressed up in a piece of bread. You two want to talk about fucking... And, and I ran shit there too. So, yeah. You went to Arizona to escape from all the shit that was going down in So New when York. I was 20 years old, right? My life was so fucked up, right? Because of like the people I kept around me, right? That I went to change my life. And I did. And I went out there. And I got into recovery. And I changed my life. You want to hear what happened? <laughs> this is a funny story, man. I worked at a spiritual bookshop. This is a shop where you go when your son dies, you come there and buy grievance books, right? This is AA, NA, um, Overeaters Anonymous, everything you could think of. All this psychologists, that's where they go and buy their books, right? I worked at this place. 23 years old, I would counsel grieving mothers, right? Somebody knew that I worked at the spot that was visiting in Arizona, right? They came and seen me. I had a tie on, some khakis, right? Completely changed my life. The kid comes to me, he goes, yo, you CH? I'm like, yeah. He's like, yo, I want you to come out later with me and paint tonight and do some wee paste and all that. I'm like, I don't do that no more, man. Because you don't do that no more. Who the fuck do you think you are? With your tie and your khakis. You're a fucking lame. And I was young, man. And I was impressionable. And then I went back behind the counter and I thought, yeah. What the fuck am I doing? And I went out. I met up with Dexa and I drank some beers. 
And then I got into someone, and I did my thing, and I went to prison. Just like that, the next day. I was shipped off to prison. If I could tell you, and anybody, anything, man, I would say that people never want to see you doing better than them. Not even family. This won't apply to everybody. Not everything I'm saying is fucking gold, but I'm saying for the most part. Yeah. Right? As soon as you start to do better than them, they don't like that, man. Nobody ever wants to see you doing better. So that's something I learned. I had a lot of people around me that I thought were my friends, but I'll be sober, and they convinced me to come out by like, hey, let me buy you a sandwich. I'll be like, oh, okay. And then they go in the store and they buy two Heinekens and they give me one. And I drink a Heineken. And then I drink another one. Then I drink another one. Then I'm in Rikers Island and they're on their mom's fucking futon. Yeah. Fucking piece of shit. Fuck you. I'm not letting that happen no more, man. It's not happening. Yo, so we were speaking earlier about bettering yourself. And uh, you were talking about diet and um, you know, trying to clean up your own you know, your physical, your mental, this and that. And you're talking about veganism and, uh, you know, cleaning up your blood. And you, see, you have a lot of friends that, you know, they might have died from cancer or are very sick right now. Yeah. You know, seeing these things, I can only imagine how much that motivates you, you know, especially trying to better yourself. So you're trying to better yourself now, um, you know, with what this you eat. This is the deal, man. Yeah. I love life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was driving here. Mm-hmm. I was seeing the trees in Connecticut. Yeah. Right? I was listening to my, my fucking... Electronic music, I don't even really listen to. I was just feeling good, man. <laughs> I love being alive. I don't want to die, man. And they're fucking poisoning us, man. Yes. There's poison in our water. All the food is cancer. Everything, man. You can't, like, like so the only thing, I love being alive. I want to stay alive, man. I don't want to die. Uh-huh. You know, so I do, if eating vegetables... Listen, let me tell you something, man. Because people get things fucked up. I used to wake up every morning, go to Taco Bell, get four breakfast burritos, right? Uh, At lunch, I would get Little Caesars or pizza, whatever it was. And at night, I would get Chipotle, right? So then I start waking up. I start making shakes, right? And what do people say? That's bad for you. That's sugar. And I'm like, yo. I used to eat fucking... Three bacon, egg, and cheese. Who knows what the fuck's in it. And now I'm doing this, and you're telling me about the sugar from the fruit. Right? You can eat lettuce, and they'll tell you something. So you can't... You know what? I just go with my heart, man. I know... Yeah, I love life. I want to stay alive. So I do things that... It's like... Can I still get cancer and die? Eating fucking string beans? Probably, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight it, man. I, I know for a fact dairy and meat and all that, right? I, I, listen, let me tell you something. Everybody knows I love burritos. I love steak burritos, right? But I personally don't like to get a steak, raw steak, cut it. I don't like getting ground beef and touching it. I, I don't like to get fat and meat. It disgusts me. Chicken's fucking disgusting. It's always been, but you know... You go get a McChicken from McDonald's. It's easy, it's simple, and I live that way, right? So I'm not, I'm not trying to save the planet. 
Uh, just so you know, I don't tell people I'm vegan because that starts yeah, exactly. some other shit, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. I just, yo, because you know what? Yeah. Everybody else's yeah. way is right but yours. Yeah. So I, yeah. I have common sense. Yeah. There's a lot of carbs in your diet now. Oh, well. Yeah, a lot of these, a lot of these labels, they, they can fuck up having a healthy lifestyle. A lot of, a lot of people, they don't even want to be healthy because... They think it's associated to being soft or what other people are going to think about them. They think it's cool to be old school and, you know. I'm going to eat a burger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if, you're, mean, if you're cool, you, you eat junk food. You know what I mean? It's the cool thing to do. I found you know. every alternative. Yeah. Sour cream, mm. great fucking pepper jack, cheese slices. Yeah. I had um, a sandwich a day, seitan, with that cheese on bread. It was like a Philly cheesesteak. Yeah. Is it exactly like a Philly cheesesteak? Not exactly, but it's close enough to make me feel comfortable right now and be able to do that. And I don't skeeve anything plant-based. You throw a piece of chicken at me or something like that, I'm like, ugh, man. Right? I don't feel that way with a Beyond Meat burger. Like, I just grab it. I'm like, it's plant-based. Like, I don't... There's nothing in there that I skeeve. Yeah. But, you know, the shit that they're doing, the way they, the way they do things nowadays, and the way they want us sick, man. Yeah, for sure. The government wants us sick. Yeah, they 100%. want us with cancer, 100%. going for chemo. They want to take the cancer away. They want it to come back. They want you on the medicine. They, they, I don't want to be on none of that, man. And, and you know what? My boy, Zien, I love you very much, man. Zien's my first partner. And I went to rehab. And his sister told me about, about Zian. I thought Zian was like a pretty healthy kid. But that, that's what kicked this shit off. And, and Kez Five had cancer. That, that was like, you know, somebody I really looked up to. And to see what he was and to where it takes you and people who have witnessed a lot of family in their life that went through this, it's really horrible to yeah. see, man. No, and I don't want to... Um, if I could avoid that being me... I'm trying, right? And it might not work, but I'm going to take the chance. It's so I'm not doing it to save animals, even though everybody knows me. I pet guinea pigs. I like, I like rabbits. I, like, I love little animals. But, you know, so it's not about saving the earth and all that shit. I'm, I'm self-preservation, man. I'm just trying to save myself. And when I see people I love eating this shit, I try to put them on, yeah. like, do you know dairy, the mucus, mm-hmm. you know, real quick, like, and then, you know, nobody wants to hear that shit, so I, I keep it to myself because people always have something to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting how you talk about fighting for your life on the streets, you know, fighting for your life with all these gangsters and all that stuff, and then once you start getting away from that and you open your mind more, you start realizing the fucking government's yeah, after us, so that, it's a fucking war yeah. every day to stay alive out here, so... When is the peace coming, man? The peace can only be within, right? Like Yes, so that's, that's what I have. Like the mindset, the positive mindset. <laughs> I have mindset. inner peace. Yes. I wake up. Yes. I pray. I meditate, right? Now, does it have to be like God? Do I have to understand it? Uh, no. I do it for my fucking self, man. I get centered. I get grounded. Right. I hit my knees. I show humility, right? That's showing humility. Yeah, like- I'm not the end-all, be-all, man. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not the shit. I'm just another fucking person here. I need help. I don't know what to do. I'm lost. Please guide me. 
Well, you're not the only Please one. Please put good people in my life. And then meditate. Everybody thinks you got to fucking... That you got to quiet your mind. Yo. You can never Yo. quiet your mind. Yo. It's involuntary. Yep. <laughs> you're going to have thoughts, right? So what I do, I breathe in blue air. <laughs> I push out pink. You know, that, that's like, you're never, Buddhist monks that do this shit their whole life can't, like they maybe can, but it's not, people have it all fucked up, yeah. all right? So when you pray, you're asking for help, you're talking, when you meditate, you're listening. You're listening, man. You know, yeah. Yo, meditating can even be like what you said, on the ride over here, you listen to some good music, looking at that, the trees, feeling good, that's it, man. Those moments, that's meditation. You know, all these labels, they picture people sitting in a you know, lotus position with the, with the things, that's all, that's all an image, you know? Okay, so yeah, um, they told yeah. me like, make sure your yeah. feet, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. make sure your feet are the mm -hmm. certain way. Mm -hmm. You know what I did? I said, yeah. I'm gonna get comfortable. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I'm gonna get comfortable, yeah. right? So I sat the way I wanted to sit, I sat there, I did it, yeah. swear to God. Like 40 minutes later, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, yo, fuck. I was like, I got lost. They were like, you didn't get lost. You were in the moment. That's it, man. You were in the moment. You're not going to find what works for you, man. What's exactly. healthy for you, exactly. what you're okay with. Yeah. Because you're getting away with shit. You think you're getting away with shit, you little dirty shit you do? These are cameras, bro. You're seeing it. Yes, yeah. You know. At the end of the night, man, it's all you got is you, man. You're, you're laying there you. with all that shit. It don't you, matter if this person it. knows what you did or not. Exactly. You fucking know, yeah, man. Yeah. And you got to be ready to bear the cross with that shit, bro. You got to definitely live with yourself, man. I, I don't want to live that way, man. I, I don't want to hurt nobody. I don't, I, I don't want to be hurt. I don't want to hurt. If a, if a fat girl calls me, hey, you little f short fuck, I don't go, hey, you fat bitch. I don't do that. That's hush shit, bro. Yeah. That's not exactly. mine, yeah. man. That's her fucking problem. She's having a bad day. Yeah. I don't got to let it fucking destroy mine. That's, that's, go, there's a quote like that. I might butcher it, but it's what people think of you is a reflection of themselves. You know what I mean? So if someone, if someone has a beef with you, if someone's angry at you, if I, that's within, man. That's all within themselves. That, that's how you know I read people so well. They're projecting, mm -hmm. right? So you, they're projecting yeah. their shit. Yeah. See, people don't know that. I pick right up on that. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's where that motherfucker's at. Because something like that don't really cross my mind. Mm. Yeah, inner, inner peace is the most valuable, aside from anything else. It, it sure is, man. So check this out, man, right? I had the fancy car. I, I lived many different ways. I've been blessed enough to experience all types of great and bad living. Yeah. I used to think making $1,000 a week was going to be the answer. I started making $1,000 a week. It wasn't quite enough. I needed to make like 1200 mm -hmm. to be okay. Right? Yeah. I started making immediately after 4000 4000 4000 a week. I had the black Lex, Rolex. Gucci sneakers, these are from that time. Mm -hmm. I had all this shit, right? I used to get up every day, go to the car wash. I would go to Denny's. I would get a country fucking skillet, right? I would go home, take a nap, get up, wash my car again, right? I, I was, it was the worst I ever been in my life, right? So I realized 
wow. You know what's funny? I have, a, I have Seiko watches. I had a Rolex and I had a Seiko, right? First I got the Seiko, then I got the Rolex. I didn't like the Rolex. I kind of liked the Seiko better. I was like, oh, this shit's illa. Plus, I'm not worried about it. Yep. If I fuck it up, I'm like, I used to get out of the gas station, out of my Lexus, with my Gucci sneakers, with my fucking... Who's that attracting, bro? Problems. Mm-hmm. Oh, shorty got Gucci on. Oh, my God, fucking Rolex. Now I'm worried about getting killed for my shit. Now I'm in fear. Now I have anxiety. Where's the inner peace? There's no inner peace, Where's the man. happiness? Right? So I go extreme. I say, fuck all this shit, right? I sell everything, and I buy a camper, a trailer. Brand new, dope, Murphy bed. I go off the grid in the middle of the Pocono Mountains. I love that life, but I wasn't spiritually fit enough to live that way because you're still stuck with you. So I was there, and I was still trying to escape. I said, wow, maybe if I drink beers now and smoke weed, is that what I'm supposed to do? People that move to the woods are supposed to smoke weed? Yeah, I think that's what they do. And I started doing that. And then I started drinking. And then I got arrested for DUI. Then I lost the car. And then I lost everything. I'm just bouncing back, man. But I could be happy now. I know that's not the answer. I could be happy with very little. Yeah. I could be happy with a rent a car because I, you know, I don't need a car all the time. It's just like living within your means. Yeah. And you know, you know, I because you had the Rolex, you had the Lexus, I whatever, had it. and it didn't what did mean that do? Anything. Yeah. I have all the polo still. Every dope fucking vintage jacket you could have, I got. Yeah. It's sitting there. Everybody sees on my eye. They're just sitting there. I don't want to sell them. I don't want to give them away. I gave my girlfriend the '92 turtleneck the other day, right? So I give it to her as a gift, right? So I give it to her, and I'm like, yo, you know, be careful with that because that's just exclusive. Yeah. She goes, well, I don't know. I got big tits. I might get on the shirt. And I was like, I cringed, right? We got into a little argument. I went upstairs like the next day, and I came back downstairs with the shirt on my shoulder. I took the shirt back, right? She was like, that's not giving somebody a gift, man. You don't give someone a gift and then say, don't do this with it. Yeah. And I was like, damn. You know, like my low heads understand, like we're trying to preserve that shit. That yeah, shit's yeah. a hot item. You know, but you don't, if I gave it away, it's like if she would have ripped it or, you know. But these are things I'm learning. It's just another learning thing. But yeah, you know, I got to, I got to, sometimes we hurt people when we don't, we don't mean to. Yeah. That's why it's good to show other motherfuckers mercy, man. Because, you, you know, you don't know what people... He's just... Like I'm that. trying to protect the shirt. Meanwhile, I fucked the whole shit. Now she has a shirt. She's like, I can't wear it. It's like, damn, I cost more damage. Like that lady told you, helped you in the snow. Today it's, today it's you. Tomorrow might be me. Tomorrow might be me. So you got to show mercy when you can. Because, like you said, even in the... In the you're in the Rebo's video, All We Got Is Us. And you talk... In, the, in a little short introduction you gave, you talk about how... Graffiti writers nowadays are also cool. They don't want to show love to the next man, especially not if he's not known or he's toy or whatever, whatever. And you're talking about how it's, it's about showing love to the next man. It's traditional. Each one teach one. You know what happened, man? I'm a person. I'm a fan of graffiti. I'm a fan of hip-hop. I love West Side Gun. You know what I'm saying? I love Prodigy. 
but I'm a fan, right? So I was able to meet people that I really, really looked up to and idolized. And I met them, and they were very mean to me, man. And they were hurtful, and they hurt me, man. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I don't do that to other people, man. I answer every DM, right? You had a vision, right? Yeah. Your vision, I want to start something new. I, this is what I want to do. Hey, motherfucker, I'm here, man. Yeah. Any way I could give back and, and, and like push it. I'm not about holding shit back. I'm about pushing it forward. Yeah. Man, so, you know, I'm here to, to, to fucking to give back, man. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing, too, that I was thinking about talking about is uh, on the side of your head, you got blessed this mess tattooed. Yeah. That tells me that, you know, for those of you who don't know who aren't graffiti writers who are listening right now, uh, Bless This Mess is uh, it's a graffiti crew worldwide. Anyone who knows graffiti knows who they are. Um, you having that tattoo on your head tells me that that must mean a lot to you. Or, yeah, so th this is the deal with BTM, man, right? I met Louis. Remember I told you I went to that TC and all that? Yeah. I met Louis in there, right? Mm -hmm. And I loved Louis. Louis is so... He's like, I can't say enough about the dude. I have, right, so you asked me, like, who my best friends are. I would say Cal, 5MH, Betts. Everybody knows Eddie Betts. I would say Louis and Gusto. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're like, those are my guys. So I met Louis, and um, we went, like, in this program together, and he used to write Louis BTM. I had no idea what BTM was. I didn't know about BTM. I'm going to be honest from you. I'm from New York City. That's all I care about. I wasn't, I don't look at San Francisco graffiti. I, I what, now I am over the last couple of years. But prior to that, I just really cared about like JA, fucking, you know, the typical scuff, like, you know, the typical people from here. That's all I cared about. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I meet Louis. This is like my second trip there. So this is like 2009, 2008. And Louis, you know, writing on paper. Louis writing, Louis, BTM, Louis, BTM, Louis, BTM. And I wrote, one, you know, on the paper, like CH, BTM. I didn't even know what it was. I was just, <laughs> you know, that's my man. I was yeah, just yeah, matching yeah. him. And when I wrote that, he goes like, fuck yeah. He was like, yeah, Charlie, BTM. I was like, that's your shit, right? He was like, yeah, so like. You know, and I was like, yeah, so it's, I'm with it. I didn't know the history yeah. of, like, worldwide. Like, well, it, it became that a little more after. Well, I'll tell you this, man, right? When I was BTM, it was not cool. It was not a good thing. This is when New York started having all the out-of-towners come, right? New York did not want them here, but I knew Louis. And I loved him, right? Then he introduced me to other people, right? And we all know who those other people are. The heavy fucking hitters, yeah. right? He introduced me to them, and they were very kind and loving to me. My boys in New York weren't. They weren't fucking kind and loving to me. They were going behind my back trying to fuck my girlfriend, right? So these kids were good to me. I got arrested writing graffiti. I'm in jail. Charlie Bell posted. I'm like, what? Attic. Bail me out of jail. 
I have no idea. That's what good friends do, man. Yeah. Right? I moved to Florida. They drove across the fucking country and came to my house in Florida and visited me, man. So when I was BTM, I was ready to go to war with everybody in, in the city. They were like, fuck BTM. Even my friends, JA, everybody, really nobody wanted to it wasn't cool welcome them. I bought Gusto to DG's house. DG loved them. DG loved everybody pretty much, but... You know, I introduced them. I introduced Louis to J.A. J.A. loved them. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then shit, you know, they got their pass. I green-lighted BTM yeah. here like that. I'm not saying they wouldn't have been okay without me. Yeah. But I'm saying I was a big way of like, yo, Charlie's BTM. That, that's his boys. Chill. You have people like Les. They're savages. They would destroy your, your fucking career in the night. Mm-hmm. They, they fell back. And they, they, you know, Charlie's BTM. So in a way, you, you got BTM more respect in New York? Because before that, it seems yeah, like it wasn't I, that Yeah, way. before that, there, was no, there wasn't that level of respect. It was like, yo, it's on site. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a part of these crews. So I heard them talking like, oh, fuck that dude. Fuck that dude. Yeah. We're smashing him if we see him. We're taking all the shit out of him. Just because they're... And I'd be like, no, don't. Yo, yeah. Louis my boy. I'm telling you, he's mad cool. Like, don't do that. And then I bring them around real quick and be like, yo, this is this kid. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, motherfucker's mad cool. Mm-hmm. And they have a lot in common. We all have a common bond. It's graffiti. We're all this, we like all the same shit. This is our fucking shit. This is who I get along with. My friends are going to like you probably if you're, if you're right and you're into it. But everybody's so fucking standoffish. Yep. You fucking cobalt. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> That's all fear. People act that way because they don't want you to get close. Because if you really knew them, you really knew them. If you stripped graffiti away from them, you take graffiti away from me, right? You take it away, boom, I'm taking graffiti out of Charlie. Charlie has a lot left, baby. Yeah. Charlie has a personality. He's good at many things. I have a lot going for me, man. Right? You take away graffiti from some of these dudes... You're going to have a hollow, disgusting human being in there, right? You're not going to, you, you don't have a striking personality, mister. You're fucking a lame, whack, depressed, fucking, ugh. There's nothing to you, man. So, so. So, in other words. Shut the fuck out, man. In other words. The crews you rep, those are that's your actual family. You don't rep it because it's some, it's some popular crew or those are people who are down for you. You're down for them. They're real friends to you. You consider them family. There's a kid, right? His name is Paulie Hustle. He's a bartender. He knows me way before BTM, right? This kid should have, like, wanted to kill me by now, right? He knows me a long time. He saved me from getting stabbed. People wanted to kill me. He said, no, 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 he's cool. Yeah, that's my fucking family. That's my family. (laughs) There's no... He showed me he was my family. Yeah. Louis showed me he was my family. They show me. 
They visit, yeah, that's my family. Five of each, Kel. Family, Betts, family. These, these, these are my family. It's funny because all my friends, right, they're all the president of their own crew. We got Dexa, DFT. It's my best friend. It's his crew. We got Kel, five of each. He's the president of his crew. Everybody's like the president of their own shit, right? But what a lot of people fail to realize, right, <laughs> is that I was the pres of RTH and 1134, right? And, and sometimes people still ask me, they say, when I was 14 years old, I moved to Staten Island, right? My family, that was like the thing to do. You live in Brooklyn, you get enough money, you get a house in Staten Island. Yeah. So I lived across the street from the dump, the Arthur Kill and Arden Avenue. I lived in Village Greens, right? Carlisle Green, right across the street from the dump. And I was a skateboarder, and I broke graffiti. Those kids over there, they were slower. They didn't know about, I had like the, the champion hoodie. I was making out with everybody's girlfriend, right? So I, so I come to the park. I started carving my name in the bench with a, with a buck knife, right? The kid EJ, rest in peace. I taught him to write graffiti, right? So I, I come there to this community. I start writing graffiti. I start doing that. All the older kids' names used to give me spray paint. I used to do their names. I meet Eddie Betts, right? Now, Eddie Betts is still my best friend. So I meet Eddie Betts. We automatically become best friends. We were very, very close. I spent all my holidays at his house as a kid. Me and Eddie Betts, right, start writing graffiti. We go stupid hard. I know a lot of new kids don't know this. We know the same name, Scuff, these guys, right? So there was... There was um, there was like Scuff, Kez5, there were those kids, and there was like Dessa, Giz, them. Yeah. And then there was us. Yep. Yeah. Right? So me and Eddie Betts started going ham, destroying shit. I had fucking thousands of fill-ins everywhere. Fill-ins. Big, huge fill-ins. Shit on Smash. King. Right? I start getting up, but I'm not around other graffiti writers. I'm in Staten Island. There was a kid that wrote Goal. Right? So, I, so I'm writing RTH for years before I even fucking notice kid, right? So I start destroying shit with my boy ZN, right? Zionardo, what up, baby? I start, so now I do a little extra, right? So Betts is like doing his thing. He becomes like a responsible adult. I'm still like off the chain. I meet ZN. Me and ZN go hard, right? So I'm like, let's go to that kid Gold's house because <laughs> I wanted validation. I wanted, you know, somebody that wrote graffiti to be like, hey, I see you's up a lot. Yeah. Right? So I br bring Zian to Gold's house and uh, Gold, listen, he was always a sucker, right? He was always getting taken advantage of, all that. But he loved graffiti. Mm-hmm. So, in return, you love graffiti, I love graffiti, you're not tough, and not everyone's tough. Yeah. But I'm tough. So I got you, bro. You just write, and I'll handle the beef, man. So Go was a little sucker. He was always fucking starting shit online, da-da-da. Every time I got arrested, 
goal was my lookout, right? So I'd be doing a fill-in, I'd look out for him, I'd do a fill-in, boom, I'd get tackled. And I'd look, I'd see goal, yo, so far away behind a dumpster, like half a block away. And I'd be like, damn, man, right? So, you know, we're kind of like a little crew, so, but I was too... Goal had, like, weed. He would buy me 40s. So, like, I was kind of, like, hooked in of, like, he had a car. So, like, whatever, man. Yeah, and that, that's what I get in return because it wasn't pure. I was just, like, right? I had a motive, right? So, like I said, my life gets up f- fucked up. So, anyway, I, 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 I throw Goal down with RTH. Four or five years after I have it. I moved to Arizona. I created RTH when I was 14 years old with a kid, Raymond Rosario. I was sitting there, I was writing on a box of pizza. I wrote, out of my mind, at 14 years old, recruited to hell. And I'm like, oh, I like the way that sounds. And I added it to my name. I was 5MH before that, so I was CH5MH. To be honest with you, right? I'm sorry to jump around, but I was CH5MH. Not all of the members of 5MH accepted me. I was small, I was white, I was scrawny. Kel loved me, 9Volt loved me. But the, the other dudes, they wasn't really like too welcoming to me. So I was looking to start my own thing. But anyway, I came up with Recruited to Help. With my friend Raymond, I told Raymond, hey, look, recruited to hell. He was like, yeah, it's cool. He didn't really write. He wrote Nam. So, um, you know, he, he was like the vice pres. He was my man. It, it, it was a neighborhood thing in Village Greens, RTH. Rough Thugs of Huguenot, we called it. Run that hill figure. Release the hounds, right? So I have this crew four or five years. I go and throw gold down. After two years with chilling with Goal, I'm like, this kid's a bird. I bounce. I bounce for eight years in Arizona. I go to Arizona for five, never look back, and then boom, I go to prison. I get out of prison, I come home. I see this kid's writing RTH Prez and his fillings. And then there's Mad Toys Down. So, so. Look, you guys can see me. You know me. You know how much work I put into RTH to make it official? Do you know how much blood, sweat, and tears? I fought everybody. I would get my ass kicked. I would go to jail. Yo, I really worked hard. I wanted RTH to be like YKK or ecstasy. You know what I'm saying? I go to Arizona. I come home after, after all this time. Goal tells everyone he's the prez and throws all these kids down. I don't know the other kids. I don't have nothing bad to say about the other kids. And I feel bad that I even have to say this because, like, they were never down. Goal had no power. Ever. You know what I'm saying? So all the kids that got thrown down by Goal, unfortunately... It's not official. Mm-hmm. 
And that's not to hurt nobody, and I feel bad if they, they put in work, but I don't recognize them, bro. So I come home, all these new Jacks are down, mad toys, yeah. right? So Gold's the type of kid, like, I remember going to Gold's house, right, when I was like 19 years old, before uh, Arizona and all that, and there was a 12-year-old kid in there. I'm 19, I'm drinking 40, smoking dust, hitting people with fucking hammers. I go in there and there's a 12 year old little blonde. I'm like, yo, it was safe. I'm like, what's this kid doing here, bro? Why is there a 12 year old in your house? Goal's the type of kid, if you give him a marker or buy a fucking bag of weed, he's, he's throwing you down with RTH and that's corny, bro. So I come home to all this corniness. So what do I do? I'm very sensitive, right? I didn't beat goal up. I told people like, hey, this is the deal. Nobody listened to me. Like he overthrew the government. He overthrew me. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. He threw down, you know, I had 12 kids down with me. It was like me, ninefold. You know, there was like a small little group. And um, I come home to, to 200 toys. So I lost control of the crew. So I go, you know what? I'm going to start another crew. 1134. Recruited to hell. So I used to write RT hell. Mm-hmm. If you put 1134 backwards, it spells hell. So I was like, I'll make 1134. I make 1134. Surf. The kid that writes surf was in pre-K with me. He was my best friend until I met Dusa in fifth grade, pretty much. So I grew up with surf. Again, I'm bombing surf writing in the neighborhood. I went to surf like, hey, do you, do you see what's going on? I throw surf down at 1134. I go to Arizona again, right? Maybe I came back for a minute, I go to Arizona again. I come back. Mint is a really nice kid. I like him a lot. You guys got to understand my, my food. I, I never uh, met Mint. I come home and Mint is surfing Mint copyrighted 1134. And Mint became the prez of 1134. Because you see how fucking frustrating this yeah, is? Yeah, of course, yeah. But I wasn't around. So I'm happy and I'm flattered that people really liked my shit and my ideas, right? And that's why I'm going to get far in life now, right? Because I still have those ideas and I still have that influence. You can't take that away from me. But you wonder why I'm running with out-of-towners? You wonder why I've recruited to hell here? You wonder why it's covered? And I have blessed this mess on my head? Because they don't fucking steal from me. They contribute. If it's raining out, they come with a Gore-Tex jacket. They come with a brand new Gore-Tex jacket. Like here, Charlie. Don't get wet. You're hungry? What would you like to eat? Oh, you're fighting with your girl? Stay at my house. That's what BTM is, man. 
Wow. That's what BTM is. So that's why that is, you know, my thing. And I'm not the prez. I don't claim to be the prez. There's a chain of command. <clears throat> and um, I tried to, like, put a couple people down. They did okay, a, a couple of them, and things that didn't work out. And sometimes I, listen, I have, I have two sides to me, man. I have a side to me that's like what you're seeing now, and then I have a side that's a psycho, right? That comes out when I drink and do things. So I'm, I'm grateful that they still stood by me and protected me and continue to carry me on this journey. Those are the most loyal motherfuckers I know. They don't buy their fucking paint, bro. They don't buy their paint. They don't buy their clothes. They handle their shit. They don't go with mommy's fucking credit card. They take their shit. That's what fucking graffiti's about, man. Right? You want to be a purist? You want to be? They don't do fucking stickers. They don't do that shit, bro. That, that's... That's gang. That comes before everything, man. But I also know I'm not dumb. I also know that I could be barred or I could be so, you know, I'd be the best little soldier I could be. And, and you know, maybe people ain't, I, I know that I, could, that I could lose that. It's a privilege. It's just like a driver's license. You could lose that. You don't take it. You don't take your friends or your crew or family for granted. No. No. You gotta. You gotta fucking. You gotta like. Pull your weight, man. You know. You gotta contribute. So maybe I'm not out bombing every night, but I'm grooming someone else to. Yeah. It's crazy uh, for me to you know hear you say all these things about your life and stuff you've been through and all that and. Even through it all, I can see that just meeting you today, just hearing you talk and the sincerity in your voice and you just being real and upfront that you're a loyal person and you got love in your heart and open mind and you're down for your friends 100%. I will die for my friends. Yeah. That's what I mean, like with a Viking. I yeah. Will, I will. I'm a person that's not going to run. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to run. If I'm rolling with you in the street and you're my crew, I ain't running. They see, yo, there was a mob of 30, not teenagers, 30 men. I was with Louis and J.A. There was 30 men. Mm -hmm. I was on a dead-end block. I could have, like, jumped the fence and ran the tracks. I said, let's go. And I walked through those motherfuckers, and I fought them, and I got pistol-whipped, and all bad shit happened to me. But I didn't fucking run, bro. Yeah. I didn't run. I'm not, I'm not going to leave nobody hanging. I ain't helping police. I'll catch the death penalty, man. I, I, this shit is in me, bro. It's not. Shout out to my boy Crown, too, BTM. Philly in the motherfucking house. Iron Solomon. My boy Riz Ryan. What's up? Tiffany. How did you meet J.A.? I met J.A. through DG. On the 4th of July, 2009, 
It was one of the best days of my life. I had like a really, really good time. That was a really good day for me. Was, yeah, like one of the best times of my life. I broke graffiti my whole life to, to know J.A. And let's talk about that. Everybody has been a disappointment in my life that I have met. Not J.A. You see, like, J.A., like, what you see, he's everything you would imagine and think he was. He's the fucking man. So, yeah, he's mad at me, but I think he don't, he don't talk to me no more. Well, well, um, it's been an hour and a half, pretty much, and in case you got, if you want anything else to say, any closing messages, any, anything you got to say to the youth listening to this that idolizes graffiti writers looks up to you or any of that stuff damn what can i say man uh about that because graffiti has been a very rough road for me and made my life very difficult and don't gotta be that way for everybody i know people that bomb a thousand times harder than me and don't have the same problems i have so um it would be too long of a list to shout everybody out um you already know the deal you know what i'm saying big time mob NWC, XTC, 5MH. There's, there's, a whole, there's a whole other list of shit. Rest in peace to all the you know, people that died before me, my predecessors, Sane. Um, you know, but I, I don't really... Yeah, as far as a message, um, this is not something that you could really get into like half-ass, half you know? So, and it's not something really you get... You definitely don't come in this for money, right? Because yeah. this is the only like <laughs> art form that you don't get paid for. So I would say make wise decisions and do what works for you. And if uh, you're always allowed to change your mind, right? But this is something that graffiti is about longevity. It's about longevity. Like I said, you could come out and do 10,000 fill-ins. In two years, all that's gone. So this, this is my life. And uh, you don't have to live a life like I did. It don't have to be so hard. And I, I you know, tried to impress a lot of people. That's why I made things hard, going to jail, doing dumb shit. I wanted to be accepted, I would say, by, by these people. But um, that's, not, that's not the answer. So I would say stay true to yourself. And um, one bad decision could change and alter your whole fucking life. Right? So I cop drugs all the time. I did all that. I got stabbed like this buying a dime bag of weed. So you never know where it's going to come from. And that altered my life. Right? So I, I would say you better be a critical thinker. Yeah. A strong survivor, baby. You know? oh, it, was, it was amazing to have you here, man. It was... It was great to hear your true self, you know, a, f a very genuine conversation about what's real out there. Because if, if anything, nowadays, you know, everything's watered down, every, everybody has a mask on, everything's fake. It's very hard. It's, it's crazy to think that everything is so dehumanized. You know, nobody can, can sit like this and talk about real shit, shit that matters. You know what I mean? Everybody at the end of the day wants to feel love. Everyone wants, everyone wants to have good experiences. Everyone wants to be happy. So this whole tough guy image that people put on man it's it's not natural man we gotta we gotta we gotta, we gotta do to show love, we gotta do better man yeah, we gotta do better really that's it to give somebody love, so you know I mean? coming from you man 
it just it should give people hope, man. That it's it's out there, man. You know. Not everybody's shit. It's a, yeah. still, you know, people are beautiful, man. So yeah. They're out there. You just gotta yeah. you gotta find them, and once you find like you know, yeah. two good people, one two good people, you yeah. find your flock. Oh, you it's uh, so. I don't know how much you're into spirituality, but you know manifestation man the more you hang out with good people the more they'll come the more you hang out with shit people that's all you're going to be fucking yeah. around the who you hang out with is what influences your life and that's what's going to be on the path in your life you know that's at least what i believe in and, and it's pretty the proof is out there you know you don't have to really you know charlie the hustler charlie the motherfucking hustler peace Blah!